If you enjoy the harrowing of Minerva Damson and want to join the Order of Joan in their fight against the monsters stalking the trenches, there are several ways you can support the war effort. Find us on Patreon and enlist, or donate to the Order on Acast. You can also connect with Order Headquarters via Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Links can be found in our bio. The Harrowing of Minerva Damson is a horror podcast and contains descriptions of war that some may find graphic or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Minnie was warm her body sinking into a soft, lovely cloud. The air smelled sweet and a little sharp. Oatmeal and... what was that? Something astringent. No matter. She was warm, and she was comfortable, and she was safe. Safe. Safety was an illusion. A lie. Minnie opened her eyes, afraid of what she might see. Sunlight greeted her. It painted a broad, bright beam across a cream stucco ceiling. Belatedly, she became aware that there were people talking in soft murmurs around her. Or maybe around her. She couldn't be sure. There was a curious dead spot on her left, a gap in her sensory perception. She blinked and turned her head. Ah, she was in a hospital. Not merely some tent at the reserve line, but an honest-to-goodness clinic with soft beds and white linens. And not just that. Above the door at the end of the small ward, Minnie caught sight of the crest of the Order of Joan. Her eyes traced the shield, the crossed sword and lily wreathed in flames, and the words, Justice does not burn, it lights the way, written in Latin around it. Safe. She was really, truly safe. A painful lance struck her heart, and her eyes began to sting. To her other side, she heard movement. Swallowing the aching lump in her throat, she twisted her head the other way. A man was rising from a chair next to another occupied bed. He looked vaguely familiar. Around his shoulders, he wore a dark cloak, and when he shifted... She remembered him looking down at her from astride a tall stallion, his mouth moving around her name. A middle-aged gent, with brown hair that had clearly not been cut in some time, and a silver-peppered beard. He noticed her watching him, and a relieved smile lit his face. 
Night, Damson, he said, inclining his head. Good of you to come back round. Minnie swallowed again, tried to speak, but her mouth was dry. The man grabbed a glass of water from the bedside table and offered it to her. When she drank her fill, she tried again. Did we stop it? The man nodded. Aye, we did. The breach was sealed. Hell, ground was gained. Relief, cool and soothing as any balm, flooded her from head to toe. She sagged back on her pillow. Swift and Briggs? Completely safe. Laddies are back where they belong already. I suspect there'll be plenty of medals and praise coming their way double fast. Minnie nodded, the stinging in her eyes graduating to burning, her vision blurring. She'd barely known them, but it still hurt that they hadn't had the chance to say goodbye. Oh, lass, the man said sympathetically. Dry your eyes. The day is won. You'll have a chance to see them again when all's said and done. She scrunched her eyes closed, tears slipping down her cheeks. Why? Why am I here? A new voice answered, warbling slightly. I believe that's my doing, dearie. Minnie scrubbed at her cheeks and focused beyond the man for the first time. There, in the bed beside hers, was the white-haired woman. Her eyes were sunken, the fragile skin around them bruised black, and her cheeks were hollower than they had been when Minnie had watched her stride off into the mist. Still, she offered Minnie a small smile. Lizzie, the man clucked. None of that now. And suddenly, like a bolt from the blue, Minnie realized who they were, these two people sharing the ward with her. You're the sorcerers, she said slowly. The ones Hallwell sent for. Aye. Call me Rydal, if you like. And this here's the barmy hen that saved the whole bloody war, Elizabeth Belgrave. If she thought his statement was hyperbole, Elizabeth didn't say so, though she looked uncomfortable with the praise. Nay, the fault for your being in that bed is mine, I'm afraid. Rydal flashed her a half-smile. You didn't have enough time to get the wax in both ears. When Lizzie performed her mad dafty trick, you were hit with a good wallop of it, even from our fair distance. The trick. The shining hands. The clap. Gods, I'm off me head! You must be famished. I'll call the nurse. Rydal swept out of the ward, leaving Elizabeth and Minnie alone. Thank you, Minnie said after a long beat. Elizabeth smiled again, serene. She made a motion as if to shrug, but flinched at the slight, awkward movement. That was when Minnie noticed the bandages. They wound from her shoulders down to... Minnie paled. Her arms ended halfway between where her elbows were and her wrists should have been. When Minnie glanced back up at her face, at her gray eyes ringed in black, Elizabeth tilted her head in lieu of a shrug. This old body has lived an awfully long time, and those hands had done a great many things, not all of them good. Seemed a small price to pay. And I was able to do the order a fair turn. At that, Minnie raised her eyebrows. Seemed strange, a sorcerer thanking the order, 
given that they were watched with such scrutiny by the knights for any hint of trouble. Your lot saved my family from the stake a few generations back, she clarified matter-of-factly. We're not the sort that forgets our debts. A nurse, a young initiate to the Order of Catherine, the Order of Jones Research and Development Division, suddenly appeared, making Minnie jump. She hadn't heard her approach. Morning, Miss Belgrave, the nurse sang breezily in French. Ah, Knight Damson, so glad to see you awake. She looked Minnie over, asked her some questions, fluffed her pillow, and helped her sit up. That accomplished, she placed a tray of oatmeal, toast, and a glass of milk in front of Minnie, and swept out of the ward once more. Minnie began to eat. The oatmeal was hot, thick, and deliciously rich, and her stomach felt like a yawning chasm of hunger in her middle. But she ate slowly, strangely self-conscious of her hands. That was a clever little spell you worked, Elizabeth commented at length. Shame there was more than one wizard. Thank you, Minnie replied automatically. Then a thought occurred to her. What happened to your cat? Elizabeth blinked. Pardon? Your black cat. It was with you when... The sorceress stared blankly at her for another moment, then startled Minnie by laughing. Goodness, I suppose he did look like a cat, she murmured, amused. Oh, I reckon he's somewhere about. He's no longer in my service, though, so heaven knows where he's off to. Minnie almost choked on her milk. You don't mean it was a demon? No, Elizabeth scoffed. No, not a demon. Another creature. Older, even. And much less destructive. Though, maybe as much trouble when he wanted to be. The old sorceress didn't elaborate further. In fact, she slumped against her pillows, as if a wave of exhaustion had pressed her down without warning. Minnie let her be. By the time Rydal returned, Elizabeth was asleep. He stayed by her side and watched her for some time. Now that the sorceress was asleep, he didn't bother to disguise the deep lines of concern on his face, edged with grim despair. Will she make it? Rydal stirred and sighed. Might could, God willing. Her body will mend, give her time and not rest. But what she did... Spells of such magnitude are need to be worked for a reason. It drains more than merely a body. What did she do? His eyes glazed over, remembering. The thunderclap, he whispered. There was a reverence in the way he said it, and an unmistakable hunger. Rydal shivered and shuddered his eyes, and when he opened them again, the rapacious gleam was gone. He spoke no more after that. Minnie reflected on what she'd seen before she passed out. Whatever Elizabeth had done, it must have injured or killed the whole damn field of Germans and destroyed the remainder of their ghouls. The power that such a spell would require was staggering, almost unthinkable. And its price was steep and inescapable. She caught herself staring at the sorceress's arms and forced herself to look away. A high price 
but worth it. Minnie slept. When she woke, it was morning again, and both Rydal and Elizabeth were gone. But there was a note. Night, Thompson. Lizzie implored me to leave you this message. If you have need of a cunning friend, find yourself any French witch worth her wage and call upon the Matico. Be a love and burn this page. May God keep you, you brave bonny lass. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Nurse Deschamps massaged Minnie's ankle, then instructed her to flex it. Is there any pain? Minnie wiggled her toes, replying to the nurse's French in kind. No, ma'am. Not now. Not on my walks around the building. Not even when I get a lark to stroll around the grounds. Three weeks later, and spring had well and truly come to France, bringing with it buckets of rain most days, but warmer sunshine and bursts of blooming flowers on others. Minnie could enjoy these changes in relative peace as she recuperated at this outpost, once the pretty country manor of some petty noble, before it was donated to the order several centuries back. Still, at dawn and dusk, artificial thunder rolled in the all-too-close distance. 
Her cuts had healed, as had most of her bruises, though some of the deeper ones still lingered as sick, yellow patches beneath her skin. She'd slept on a soft mattress, bathed in hot water as often as she liked, and laundered her clothes. The lice had been removed from her clothing and her hair. Her haversack had been delivered to the outpost a few days after her own arrival, and her kit was being replenished. While rationing was still very necessary, she had eaten almost her fill at every meal. And, most pleasant of all, she had enjoyed the company of other knights, however briefly, as they passed through the outpost to either top up on supplies or receive their next mission. In short, she was well-rested, well-fed, and healthy. But her hearing had not yet returned to her left ear. It probably never would. Minnie was still adjusting to that. It was only one ear, and it was certainly a fair trade for her life when it came right down to it, but the loss was tangible. She constantly felt off balance. She bumped into things, especially at night when her sight couldn't help her navigate obstacles. If someone approached from her left, she didn't notice them until they were right upon her, something that played havoc with her war-sharpened reflexes. Even if someone tried to get her attention beforehand, she was oblivious if they kept to that side. It shocked her how much of a difference it made, and how much she had taken her senses for granted before. At least it helped her sleep. If she turned her deaf ear in the direction of the front, she couldn't hear the storm of artillery crackling through the night. All was quiet, peaceful, and she could pretend she was somewhere else. Thank God for small mercies. Even for all that, for the comforts that she enjoyed while she mended, and the anxiety she felt adjusting to her new limitations, she was restless to get moving again. While the debacle she had been caught up in had been averted, and even gained them a quarter mile of ground, the news coming from the rest of the war was grim. Reports of weaponized magic were becoming more common, though nothing yet rivaled the scale of the dead push, as it was being called. The African allies, most notably the Beninese and Congolese empires, had become bitterly embroiled with the Ottoman Empire. It had come to the point where they were withdrawing their aid from the European theater to better handle their own, a not insignificant blow to the European members of the Allied powers. There were hints of growing national support for joining the war from the United States, But President Wilson was reluctant to act, too caught up in his new love affair, and too happy to continue arms trading with both sides. Without American support, many feared the war would be lost in months. She wasn't the only one who thought so. Perhaps it would be better if it ended sooner either way. The whole thing seemed utterly pointless especially from the perspective of the Order of Joan, an uneasy, ostensibly neutral party on the field. But the war was still going, and there continued to be magical threats, and even for the influx of new knights to the Order from recruitment drives, the demand for aid far outstripped their supply. Minnie was no shirker. She would do her part as long as she could, which meant getting out of this sick bed and getting back to work. If she had survived the dead push, she figured she could survive anything else the war threw at her. Nurse Duchamp eyed Minnie critically, trying to ascertain if she was lying about the pain in her ankle. Minnie was not, or not completely. 
She did occasionally feel a twinge if she put her foot down a certain way, but it was fading more and more each day. If she were careful, it would be right as rain in no time. She smiled and hoped that the nurse would finally give her the all-clear. Nurse Deschamps sighed. Well, I shall speak to the marshal. Pleased, Minnie gave her toes one last wiggle and started pulling her boots back on. She had just finished lunch, a delectable spring leek soup with fresh bread, when an order of Catherine's scribe tapped her on the shoulder. Minnie jumped and fought the urge to whirl and grab the unseen, unheard threat. Irritably, she glanced over her shoulder. The scribe, recognizing her mistake, offered Minnie a sheepish grin. Apologies, Knight Damson. I quite forgot. She fidgeted with the edge of her smock. The marshal wishes to speak with you. Minnie raised her eyebrows. The marshal? Now? That is her preference. Minnie stood and smoothed her bright persimmon coat. While she had seen the marshal moving about the manor house, they had barely spoken to each other. She had come by the ward once to offer her gratitude to Minnie for her valor in action before calling a scribe to debrief her. That was the extent of their interaction. Even that was unusual. Perhaps this summons was about the dead push again. Minnie shuddered. She'd had quite enough of talking about that. Every night she met harbored a grim, morbid curiosity for the event. It was the last subject Minnie wanted to talk about, but it was the first that crossed everybody's lips without fail. The scribe led her down the corridors into a part of the manor Minnie had not explored before. Here was the exclusive province of the marshal and the magistra, along with their closest staff. They reached their destination. The scribe opened a heavy oak door, ushered Minnie inside, and immediately left. If Minnie had been slightly nervous at the prospect of encountering the marshal, she was doubly surprised to see the magistra, directrix of the scribes of Catherine at the outpost, also present. The two stood together before a table in the center of the room, which appeared to be the manor's private library and scriptorium. The windows behind them let in gray, diffuse light. Spring rain lashed the glass. The marshal, an older woman with auburn hair swept back into a chignon, glanced up from the map on the table. Good afternoon, Knight Damson, she said in French as she straightened. I've heard reports that you are recovered enough to travel. Is that correct? Minnie, still standing by the door, swept her gaze over the marshal and magistra. This couldn't be about discharging her. Surely that wouldn't require the presence of the highest-ranking officers at the post. Would it? Yes, ma'am, she answered. That's correct. The officers exchanged a look. Oh, God. They were going to retire her, send her stateside. That had to be it. She was injured in the line of duty, deaf in one ear, damaged goods. They were going to issue her some shiny medal on a pretty ribbon and ship her home. She would join some chapter where they let her take the easy jobs while all the other knights shipped out to do their part in keeping magic from overrunning their soldiers, their loved ones, and friends. Would that be so bad? She'd already done her part, hadn't she? This war was a hideous thing. 
growing more hideous by the day. Home was safe. And with the other nights gone, surely there was more work to do than normal, plenty of daring do to be had. Malefic magic and rogue sorcerers and witch-hating mobs didn't disappear from the homeland just because there was a war going on half a world away. Minnie's stomach still twisted into a sick knot. She wasn't ready to think about home, about later. Not yet. There was only now, and that was where she was comfortable living. If they made her leave... She wanted to be useful. She needed it, now more than ever. We were impressed by your actions in the dead push, Magistra Banza was saying when Minnie forced herself to focus again. And the elimination of the vampire before that. You demonstrated notable resourcefulness and skill, Knight. Minnie thanked her and fell silent. They were just trying to let her down easy. She waited for the other shoe to drop, feeling numb but for the pit opening up inside her. The marshal wrapped her knuckles on the table, considering her. You have met incredible odds and come out the victor, wouldn't you say so? At that, Minnie's cheeks flushed with heat. She frowned. I'm not sure I would, ma'am. It was the sorcerers who delivered us the victory, not me. Magistra Banza appeared satisfied with that answer. The marshal waved a dismissive hand. They played their role, yes, but you should not undersell your own part in this, Damson. What you did was far from easy, and it was not something that every knight could have done under those circumstances. Minnie tightened her jaw. Arguing with her superior was a bad idea, even if Minnie was on her way out. She had killed the vampire alone, but other knights had done similar, and often. She hadn't saved the company, except for maybe Swift, Chandra, and Captain Marks. That was far too few. And the telling finger, while her idea, had worked because she'd had help. If there had only been one German sorcerer, she might accept praise more easily. But that was not the case. The win didn't belong to her. It felt hollow. But the marshal had already made up her mind. So, Minnie kept her mouth shut. The marshal shook her head, reading Minnie's sentiments plainly anyway. Think what you like, Nightamson. How you evaluate your own success or failure is not something we are here to debate. No. What we mean to ask you is this. Do you feel up to another challenge? For a moment, Minnie just stared, trying to make sense of the words. Then the dark mood weighing down Minnie's shoulders lifted, and she could suddenly breathe again. Absolutely, she answered immediately. Magistra Bonza's eyebrows climbed her forehead. Shouldn't you ask what the challenge is first? Her heart already racing with anticipation, Minnie shrugged. Probably, ma'am, but I've never let that stop me before. Bonza laughed. The marshal simply looked pleased. Well then, I suppose you'll be needing these. She reached down beside her and lifted Minnie's quiver onto the tabletop. Minnie gasped, finally closing the gap between herself and the table in quick, sure strides. There, sitting bright in their quiver, were eleven arrows, their magicked steel heads polished to a lovely, deadly shine. We sent them to the nearest Dame de Lac for repairs while you were convalescing. 
the marshal explained, smiling as Minnie plucked one arrow from the rest and admired it. We couldn't replace the one you lost, shortages and all, but we did the best we could. Sliding the arrow back into its quiver, Minnie swallowed hard against the unexpected swell of happiness expanding in her chest. Eleven arrows, her quiver almost full. One lost, but so many restored to her. She donned the quiver, feeling its familiar weight settle around her shoulders. With eleven arrows at her back, she felt unstoppable, focused, nearly whole. With eleven arrows at her back, she felt safe in a way she couldn't have described, even if she tried. Raising her chin, she met her marshal's eyes, the promise of purpose filling her with renewed strength. What's the mission, marshal? The marshal nodded, approving, and dropped her gaze to the tabletop. She smoothed her hand across a large map of France. Tell me, Knight Damson, what do you know about the beast of Gévaudan? Here ends the first season of The Harrowing of Minerva Damson. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you will tune in when we return with Season 2 in 2022. Curious about the Order of Joan and the world that Minnie lives in? Join us on Patreon for exclusive access to off-season content. We'll explore the Order of Joan, the materials they've accrued over the centuries on the nature of magic and magical creatures, and hear more stories of other knights as they encounter unique threats in Europe's war-torn landscape. Have a question of your own about the story, setting, or behind-the-scenes production of the podcast? Send us your question on any of our social media platforms or Patreon, and we'll answer it in our monthly AMA episodes. We would love to hear from you. Lastly, I'd like to dedicate this season to Miranda Samford, our friend and voice actress. We miss you, but a small piece of you lives here in the voices of the characters you brought to life. Thank you for sharing your talents with us, and God keep you, your brave bonnie lass. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The harrowing of Minerva Damson and its related stories are written, narrated, and produced by Jessica Linkhart and features additional voice work by Miranda Lewis, Claire Miller, and Jamie Sykes. Art assets done in collaboration with Mitch Lewis. Thank you for listening. Our tale will continue next week.